Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's a meat Friday. Pulled pork is on the Traeger. Come on in, stay a while. Mike Florio is going to join us coming up in a little bit. There are some rule proposals that you need to be aware of in the NFL, including a new overtime proposal, just a proposal right now. People aren't talking about it as much as they probably should be. So Florio will join us coming up in a little bit. Your phone call is always welcome. We'll have a poll question. We got play of the day, got a stat of the day or two. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Once again, thank you for signing up for the newsletter. There's a lot of great things in there and a lot of great things to come if you're on our newsletter. danpatrick.com, put in your email address. Doesn't cost you anything. We don't want to be invasive. We just want to send you a recap of the show. And it's really well done. Comes out at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, every single day, Monday through Friday. And uh, we'll uh, plug you into the system, make sure that you get a recap, Cliff Notes version of the show every single day. By the way, something special. If you are on the newsletter chain, James Kahn, old Hollywood, Sonny Corleone from The Godfather, sat down and did an interview with me, a podcast, if you want to call it, Cutting Room Floor podcast. It's wild. It'll be on the newsletter later today. It is one of the crazier interviews I've ever done. And that's saying a lot because I've been doing this a long time. But he talks about behind the scenes with The Godfather, being around Marlon Brando and uh, Al Pacino. It was really a lot of fun to talk to James Kahn. All right. uh, We'll have a poll question for you. As I mentioned, our play of the day, the all-star rosters have been picked. Ben Roethlisberger takes a pay cut. And uh, we'll dive into those topics Coming up in a little bit. The Steelers ending the mystery about Roethlisberger yesterday. They re-signed him at a reduced rate. They bring him back for at least one more go-round. And I understand it. You know, Ben said it's not about the money. Well, Ben really fell on his sword because he he's not able to dictate the terms here. He had no other choice here. 
And uh, at the end of last season, it was kind of tough to watch the Steelers. Started out 11-0. We weren't quite sure if that was a paper-thin 11-0 start. They ended up 12-4. They uh, suffered that brutal wild-card loss to the Browns. But in stark contrast to Roethlisberger's career, he couldn't get the ball downfield. Now, it didn't help that he had receivers who couldn't hang on to the ball, but everything was underneath with that offense. They did not have a running game. And I thought it was all spoiled because you had a defense that I thought was pretty elite. Before Bud Dupree went out, that was a pretty elite defense, in my opinion. Ben just turned 39 earlier this week. He's not moving around with defenders hanging off of him like he used to. But that doesn't mean Pittsburgh can't win with a 39-year-old quarterback. It's not like Ben had a lot of mobility before. The Buccaneers won a Super Bowl with a 43-year-old quarterback. But I always felt that Brady's arm was stronger than Roethlisberger's arm. And at that age, you're usually seeing the zip leaves the football, leaves your arm. And that's a big difference here because then you could only throw underneath. You know, Drew Brees maybe never had that zip, but he had a little bit more zip. He didn't have it the last couple of years. And that's why I didn't pick the Saints. I was always nervous because I didn't know late in the season, you know, if you're traveling, you're on the road, you're in Green Bay, can you have that zip? Can you, can you throw the ball down the field? And we saw that the Saints weren't able to do that. But the Steelers face some challenges. Big Ben needs to be better. Team needs to be better for all of this to work in 2021. It felt like an indictment on Mason Rudolph, the backup quarterback. He's going to be a free agent. And if Mason Rudolph had shown that he could be a starting quarterback, then maybe you say to Ben, thank you. Nice parting gifts. They did bring in Dwayne Haskins. And, okay, you take a shot on Haskins. Doesn't cost you much. You bring him in. It's sort of like the Saints did with Jameis Winston, even though Haskins has less of a resume. You see what you have here. Maybe you have something. My thought was, are you ready to win now in Pittsburgh? Yes, I'm sure they feel that way. Does Ben give you a better opportunity than some other quarterback? I guess you could make that argument. My point was, I want to hit the reset button at the quarterbacking position as soon as I can. If you said Ben was playing at a high level, an elite level, then I would say, all right, Ben's our guy. But if the Steelers had a, a pick in the top eight, top six, are they bringing Ben back? And maybe they do, but they have the 24th pick in the draft. And as far as quarterbacks go, that's no man's land. I don't know if they trade up. I don't know if you try to get a quarterback. And, and we're always surprised on draft day. And, and that's why I don't think Deshaun Watson is traded. Uh, I mean, if he's going to be traded, it'll be closer to the draft. You know, it might be the week of the draft. But the Kansas City Chiefs targeted Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback of the future. And they paid heavily to move up to get him. They had the 27th overall pick. So they gave that up, a third-round pick, and their 2018 first-round pick to Buffalo to move up to number 10 to select Mahomes. But they had to jump up because the Kansas City Chiefs were worried about the Arizona Cardinals. They were worried about the Saints. They were worried about the New York Giants, I believe. Those were the three teams they realized they had to get in front of because those teams were interested in Mahomes. And if you go back to, I believe, that Monday before the draft when I came in and I said, here's the buzz from my source, Patrick Mahomes is moving up fast. 
Now, we weren't quite sure because if you look at all the mock drafts, everybody looked at him as a Brett Favre type player, risk taker. Not quite sure he's disciplined. Not a lot of wins in college. You know, they played on an average team. But Andy Reid saw something and he went and got his guy. Not a quarterback. He got his guy. And that's the key. It's the same thing when you look at the Texans. They didn't go up to get a quarterback. They went up to get Deshaun Watson. They move up. Kansas City takes Patrick Mahomes. Sean Payton's been on the show, and he said, we were taking Patrick Mahomes. And instead, they're at 11. They take Marshawn Lattimore. Now, the Bills drafted Josh Allen with the seventh overall pick the following year. That was their own pick. They traded up a few spots with Tampa to get him from 12 to 7. And then that 16th pick from the Mahomes trade, they got Tremaine Edmonds, who's a very good player. We forget, like, who did, who did the Texans trade with to get Deshaun Watson? Right? Because you're going, oh, what are you going to give up? But when it works out, you don't care. Kansas City, it worked out. Buffalo, it worked out. But Kansas City had a good team. But they were sort of stuck in that this might be as good as we get. Alex Smith... Very good quarterback, but not Patrick Mahomes. You know, Detroit with Matthew Stafford, you had gotten to the point where you said this is as good as it gets. And I was wondering, the number of teams right now, most important position in all the sports, the number of teams in the NFL that you can say they're satisfied with their quarterbacking situation. I'll start with the Bills, obviously. Ravens, yes. Browns, yes. Bengals, yes. I'm going to say the Titans with Tannehill, yes. They, you know, they signed him up to that long-term deal. The Chiefs with Mahomes. Chargers. The Vikings, I'm going to say, sort of with uh, Kirk D. Cousins. The Buccaneers, one more year with Brady. And the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. That's it. That's 10 teams. I can't say Seattle is comfortable with the situation and or Russell Wilson is. The Texans with Deshaun Watson, they want him. He doesn't want them. So that leaves 22 teams right now with a question mark at the quarterbacking position. Yeah, McLevin. And Dan Bickley from Arizona said that the Cardinals would gladly call for Deshaun Watson, too. Even those, the ones you just listed are not 100%. Baker Mayfield, are they going to resign him? Well... I know that it's a stretch with Kyler Murray and Bickley, you know, a columnist, radio host out there said, hey, if they got a chance, they would bring in Deshaun Watson. OK, I mean, I I get that from there's probably a few other teams on the list that if I said to the Vikings, you want, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, of course they do. Now, then I could reduce that list of, you know, teams that have quarterbacks right now. If you said to the Browns, you're going to have Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield, you're taking Deshaun Watson. I don't know what they have to pay for him, but yes, I mean, it's an upgrade there. And also, there's a lot of talk about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I don't know what is new here. I know that Diana Rossini said that uh, Seattle is taking calls. They're not making calls. Okay. Until they start making calls or responding, because I can take a phone call. Did I respond to the phone call? I. We're not here. Leave a message if you'd like to trade for Russell Wilson. Beep. 
Like, okay, you take phone calls. Nobody, nobody's advanced this story any more than what it was a couple of weeks ago when Russ came on the show. I saw yesterday where somebody was trying to say, oh, Seattle's upset Russ went public. Yeah, he said, you know, our, my source told me that the day after Russell Wilson came on. So there's nothing new here. People are calling, but really it's four teams. I mean, if you're the Vikings, you, you, why would you call? He doesn't want to go there. There's 14. If you're Carolina, why are you calling? He doesn't want to go there. And why would he? Russ wants legacy. Russ is chasing Brady, Breeze. He's chasing Peyton Manning. He's chasing Montana. He doesn't want to go to a startup. He doesn't want to go to a team. Hey, young team. I mean, it's silly to think he'd go... You know, I want to go to Carolina because Matt Rule is a young head coach and uh, Christian McCaffrey. First of all, you'd probably have to give up Christian McCaffrey to get Russell Wilson. He wants to go, and people you know, pointed out, well, why the Chicago Bears? Well, for some reason, Russ likes Matt Nagy, their head coach. And he likes the offensive line. Okay, if you have a coach who will let you have a say or you like his offensive philosophy as opposed to Pete Carroll's, okay, got an offensive line, maybe they're going to protect me a little more than Seattle's. Okay, I get it. But Russ, to me, is not being traded. I think eventually he'll be on another team, and it's probably going to be maybe in two years, depending, you know, if, if the acrimony is real and it's serious. Remember when Aaron Rodgers said what he said after the uh, title game? Oh, my God, did you hear what Aaron Rodgers said? Has anybody said anything about that since then? Kind of calmed down, didn't it? The only thing we're talking about with Aaron Rodgers is he got engaged. There's nothing about the Packers. But at the time, oh, my God, what's he saying? He's being cryptic. He's sending messages. Do I think Russell Wilson wants out? I think he wants to be heard. I think, and I was told this yesterday, Seattle looks at Russ differently than they did before. That Russ is bigger than the organization. Like he sees it as this is about my brand. This is about business. This is about being a star. And they see that as, can we control that? And the word I was told is it makes them nervous. You know, like that's the only thing. And that's from a source, not with the Seahawks, by the way, but it's a source who's, this is the same source who said, hey, this relationship isn't sustainable. And that's where I think it's interesting with Seattle with Russell Wilson. Do I think they're crazy if they move on from him? Yes. The cap hit, plus he is Seattle. He, he's, the, he's the Seahawks. Nobody cares about Seattle if Russ leaves. Oh, DK Metcalf had a nice play. Great. Uh, Bobby Wagner made a great defensive stop. They become a highlight team. You're not, not a team you watch a game. You'll just tune in to go, okay, what happened with uh, Tyler Lockett? Russ makes them relevant. They went 12-4. and four. And I think what he's asking for is a seat at the table. We've all been there at Thanksgiving, where you have to sit at the little table when you're growing up, and then you eventually get to sit at the big table. I think Russ just wants a seat just to be able to say, have we thought about, can we do this? 
And I think as long as Pete Carroll is there, he and Russ were not, are not going to be on the same page offensively. Because Pete's philosophy is not the same as Russell Wilson's. Plain and simple. Yeah, Paul. Dan, we were all discussing it while you're talking. We think you're absolutely right that part of Russell's play is he's a brand. He wants to expand that brand. He has a team around him. He wants to be more of a uh, national athlete. Uh, the Lions trade, the Rams trade to the Lions was on January 30th. I wonder if the Rams, because that seems like a, a franchise and a location that Russell Wilson would love to be in, if they would have known that he was possibly available. Because he was on our show February 9th. The trade happened with Matthew Stafford 10 days earlier. I'm just saying, can you imagine if the, a, a team like the Rams knew Russell Wilson was no, in play? No, I get play. it, but you can't trade him within the division. Can't. For enough, you could. Can't. Can't. Yeah. Nope. Unless you're sold that you know you can beat him. Because when <laughs> Drew Bledsoe was sent to the Buffalo Bills by the Patriots, Patriots didn't care they were going to face him. Lawyer Malloy signed with Buffalo after leaving New England. Bill Belichick wasn't concerned about those guys at all. But when you trade within the division, you're really signaling that that guy, we're good. We're not too worried about him. But if you said the Rams could have Russell Wilson instead of Matthew Stafford, hell yeah. And Russ, and I'm sure his wife, would love that too. Yes, McLevin. The Eagles sent Donovan McNabb to the Redskins and like everyone was exactly. so, But they knew. They yeah. knew it wasn't scary. Yes. He's much, much older. Let, older than Wilson. Let me go back to Deshaun Watson. This was the trade. So the Texans received a 2017 first-round pick, number 12 overall, and they took Deshaun Watson. They traded with the Browns. So once again, if I said to you, who did the Texans trade with to get Deshaun Watson? Who did the Chiefs trade with to get Patrick Mahomes? You don't remember. You might remember in those towns, in those cities. But nobody, nobody goes, oh my God. Now we know what happened with the Bears and the 49ers. The Bears traded up one spot with the Niners to get Mitchell Trubisky. The Browns got a 2017 first-round pick. That was Jabril Peppers. 2018 first-round pick. Was that a defensive player, Paulie? Denzel Ward with the fourth pick of the draft. Well, he's good. Yeah. But you got Deshaun Watson. When you get your guy, you can get your guy. Get your guy. Yeah, McLovin. Then the Browns got Baker the following year. So you could say it worked out for them in a way. Yeah. I mean, okay. It wasn't a complete disaster. Same with the Bills and Josh Allen. Like, you can get, if you get the guy next year, you're okay, I guess. But remember, the Browns pass on all these superstars for a long time. I know. I know. This program brought to you by Built Bar, 16 grams of protein, low calories, low carbs. Tastes great. Tastes unbelievable. It's like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code DP2020, 20% off your first order. McLevin, what kind of poll question are you thinking about today? Okay, I'm going to throw it to Paul Paps for our NFL overtime poll question. NFL overtime. Do we want to get to overtime? We haven't discussed overtime. That's well, I think we got to get to it soon. We got Mr. Overtime himself coming on next. I know, but I, Mr. Overtime. don't I have Florio on? We talk overtime and then we get to the poll question. Sounds sure. Yeah, that's the way it works, because then like I don't do it in reverse order. Like a Tarantino movie. Just go and oh, yeah, right? mix it up. <laughs> do I start from the end and work our way back? Travolta gets shot, but then he's in a scene later. Kill Bill. I never saw either of those. Was there two movies, Kill Bill, Kill Bill 2? Volume 1 and Volume 2, yeah. Yeah, I never saw them. Yeah, see. But what if 
the poll question is something that we absolutely need Mike Florio to weigh in on. Okay, all right. Then we're going to, what? oh, what, you're going to interview Mike Florio and then drop the smoking hot poll question and be like, oh, crap, we should have gotten Florio's take on this. This better be a damn good poll question. Okay, Paul. All right. So here's my idea for overtime. I'm calling it no overtime. There's no overtime. In the regular season for the NFL, games end and they can end in a tie in regular time. Now, while that may see people hate ties in America, we hate ties. But think of the fourth quarter of NFL games that are tied. You won't have the luxury of overtime. The games will be more tense. They'll end on time. Players, if you want to sprinkle in the health factor, they won't play more plays in the regular season. And, but in the playoffs, you go with the normal overtime system. But during the regular season, mm. no overtime. I like no overtime. Yeah. I like the philosophy of there is no overtime, and how are you going to play this game during the regular season? And ties would be interesting from a strategic factor later in the season. When you're a half game out mm. instead of a whole game out, uh, it could make December more interesting. Possibly. I think we overthink overtime. I give this very little thought, to be fair. No, that's okay. Oh. That, I, I understand there's very little thought, but that's our philosophy. I stand around. by that. Yes, you sit by it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, no overtime, I'm fine, but then we get to overtime in the playoffs, and then how do you decide, and the coin toss, and all that. Oh, I just like sudden death. You know, if, if you got to overtime, hey, all bets are off, man. It is a flip of the coin. Also, we should run the numbers, and maybe we have. I thought we did this a couple of years ago, that we always think, hey, I want the ball. Hey, overtime, give me the ball first. I don't think the numbers kind of prove that that is the best strategy. Because you get the ball first, and you're gonna, you can score a touchdown and win the game. Did we do those numbers? Yeah, they're very interesting numbers, because in the regular season, getting the ball like at your own 25-yard line, you basically have about a 22% chance of driving down for a touchdown. It's completely debunked in the playoffs. Not bunked, but debunked in the playoffs. Nobody bunks. No, nobody bunks. Although I did with my brother. In 10 playoff games that have gone to overtime since the new system is in place in 2011, of the 10 teams who got the ball first, uh, six of them received the kickoff and scored on the opening drive. So 60% of the teams that got the ball first mm. went the length of the field. Mm. Oddly. Okay. All right, I'll shut up, and uh, we'll uh, settle on that poll question. And boy, it's a good one. No overtime. I will talk to uh, Mike Florio. We'll interrupt his day to ask him some uh, questions. And also, if he thinks there's anything else going on with Russell Wilson Jr. the third, also Dak Prescott and uh, Deshaun Watson. Anything else in there that uh, we may have forgotten about? We'll, we'll talk to Florio about uh, your phone calls, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock, our TV partner and our radio partners as well. Numbering nearly 400 cities around America. 22 after the hour. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Cashback match only by Discover Card. Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards. They, uh, you know, the one shaped like cash. You know, there's cash inside before you open it. But in this case, stuff with your first year cash back match. You don't even have to send a thank you note. And conveniently enough, it's called cash back match only by Discover card. Learn more at discover.com slash match. 
discover something brighter. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox, 
you can't go around it. So you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. We were curious the number of NFL playoff games that have gone into overtime since 1980. 7.3% of playoff games have gone into overtime. We are proposing no overtime. No overtime during the regular season. We'll see if Florio will write up a little uh, blurb on us that the Dan Patrick Show is suggesting no overtime. No overtime. We'll find out what the strategy would look like with these teams if there's no overtime there. And then in the postseason, we could have overtime. I didn't realize that these things were... You know, on the docket, just proposals here, roughing the passer. And it feels like they always try to sneak sneak it by the goalie here. I don't know. At the owner's meeting, like nobody's looking. They go, oh, everybody's out. Let's vote. All in favor. I, uh, and it passes. Let's bring in Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. Mike, we are proposing no overtime during the regular season. What do you think? Old school, pre-1974. That's how it used to be. Ties. Do you like ties? I don't like ties. I, and I guess it's on the two teams involved to make sure there isn't a tie. And with so much more scoring now and the two-point conversion, it's easier to avoid a tie than it would have been back in the early 70s and prior to that. I, and Dan, I, you're on to something in this respect. I believe that this push to go back to true sudden death overtime with this spot and choose concept, which I actually am intrigued by. Okay, wait, explain that though, Mike. Okay. So this is just proposed of a new new overtime uh, possibility. A new overtime possibility proposed by the Ravens. There's two types. There's a sudden death and there's a straight seven and a half minutes. I'm told Bill Belichick prefers that seven and a half minutes of football, whatever the score is at the end, that's the final score, win, lose or draw. Spot and choose means in lieu of a of a coin flip to determine first possession, one team picks where the first drive begins. For example, our own 20 yard line. The, the minus 20, as the football people call it, your own 20-yard line. One team picks the spot, and the other team says whether they're going to take the ball and play offense or give the other team the ball and play defense. It's as equitable as it can be. It's as fair as it can be. It reminds me of the old Sesame Street sketch where, you know, you share a cookie by one person breaks it in half and the other one chooses which half they want. Totally fair. And I think it adds layers and levels of strategy that that will probably drive coaches and analytics departments crazy. But it's so much better. If you're going to go back to true sudden death, it's so much better than the coin flip. Now, the two ways the Ravens are proposing it, sudden death with up to 10 minutes or this Belichick preferred seven and a half minutes, play that full amount and whoever's ahead at the end wins, which which creates, I think, an additional strategic angle. If you've only got seven and a half minutes, you want to make sure that you have enough time to do something with the ball 
when you get it back. So it's just layers and levels of strategy hmm. that, that I think would drive coaches crazy, but I think it would be fair to both teams. Could I have you start on the one-yard line? Well, you could pick the one-yard line. But then, then, the, but other then team... the other team gets to choose whether to be offense or defense. Okay. That's the beauty of it. Okay, okay. And, and I'm told, Dan, that the analytics people are viewing the 13, the minus 13 as the break-even point. That if the, the team that picks <laughs> the yard position says 12 or less, then that's when you're likely to choose to play defense. 14 or more, you're likely to choose offense in the standard case. But think about it. Your quarterback, how you feel about your defense? How how you feel about whatever plays you have left in, in, in your game plan for the day? How you feel about your kicker? What the weather conditions are? So many things are going to go into that decision. Are they voting on this? I know it's just a proposal. Does it get put up for vote? Well, they're presenting it to the competition committee to try to get them on board with it. It has more heft, has more weight if the competition committee is behind it. But But the most important person to have behind it is the commissioner. And my understanding is the commissioner likes it because, number one, it makes the game shorter. And this gets back to the point you're making with overtime. I think they want the games to be shorter, Dan, not for this year, but I think it's some year down the road, four, five, six, whenever, they're going to start dropping games into more standalone windows. And this Tuesday night football that we saw a couple of times this year, Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock, they're going to get creative about having more standalone games because as gambling proliferates and as real-time in-game betting becomes technologically available where you can sit at home with your phone and what you see at the stadium is what's coming into your home at that moment so there's no latency, it, it makes more sense to have not nine games being played at once as many games as possible that are the only game where everyone's watching, everyone's engaged and everyone's betting one play at a time on those games. So you make the game shorter. Here's why you make the game shorter. Cause you're going to have teams that are playing on a five day break, four day break, six day break. You can't be playing for 70 minutes. So I think that's why they want to make the game shorter. So your idea from that perspective is brilliant. Thank you. Because every game is capped at 60 minutes. Could you propose that? I don't, I don't have the commissioner's ear. Could you? <laughs> you think I do? Oh, you don't either. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But, 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 I, he, I'm sure he would not turn up his nose at a good idea. I just think that that the idea of going back to tie, we just have to, we'd have to accept ties. And but the I don't strategy know. of a tie in the fourth quarter, like imagine that now all of this, it, it changes your philosophy of what you're doing. Instead of how many times we, well, they're playing for overtime. Now you can't play for overtime. Nobody's taking a knee. Yeah. Now you actually are saying, are we comfortable with a tie against this team or do we want to go for a win? Or, or you know, go for one versus go for two. That, that, yes. when, when overtime was the rule pre-74, you didn't have that option. That, that, see, that's the beauty of it. I think, and here's where I think they're onto something. The way the game is today, I think that there would be fewer ties and that, and that you know, with, with all the analytics and, the, and the, the strategy and going for two and all the different things you can do, I, I just think that you would see less just kind of shrugging. I think they just used to shrug at a tie. Yeah, it's a tie. Okay, we'll, we'll get them next week. I think it would be far different if that were the case now. All right, a couple of things. I know we're short on time. Uh, the roughing the passer 
reviewable. That's that's being proposed, correct? Yes. And I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. The reason I don't like it is 2019 pass interference, replay review, calls and non-calls. The standard kept changing. You can watch the available angles and you can see a glancing blow. And if it's frame by frame, is that forcible contact with the head of the quarterback? I don't like it. And think about it, Dan, every interception, what's going to be part of the replay review? Hey, was there contact with the quarterback? Was it possibly roughing the passer? I, I, I like the concept but I don't like the execution that it likely would entail because we saw it two years ago and what a disaster pass interference was. I continue to be a believer, and the Ravens are proposing this as well, the booth umpire, the, the extra member of the crew who sees what we see at home and can talk directly to the referee and say, drop a flag, pick up a flag. You guys are making a mistake. No different than another member of the crew who runs up and talks to the referee yeah. and they pick up a flag. That's what they need. And they've been reluctant to do it, but I think that's the key because what you see when you're on the field and what you see at home are two very different things. They need a referee, an official who sees what we see at home and can talk to the people on the field. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. Of course, his website, profootballtalk.com. The fumbling the ball out of the end zone. Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, the team that benefited from that rule in the division round of the playoffs, suggested before the Super Bowl that that rule would be looked at by the competition committee. There's no proposal yet okay. on that rule. And I, Dan, I just don't think they're going to change it. It's always been there. You know, once upon a time, the rule was if you threw an incomplete pass into the end zone and it hit the turf, it was a touchback and the defense got the ball at its own 20. There's just been this sacred treatment of the end zone. And that's where this comes from. As unfair as it is, here's the reality. It's fair in that it affects both teams equally. And, you know, it may screw you in one game and you may benefit from it in another game. The thing I don't like about it, though, it penalizes effort. And you see a guy making maximum effort to reach the ball out to the pylon. And if the ball slips out of his hands and just goes out of the end zone one inch in, you lose the ball. If it goes out short of the end zone by an inch, you keep the ball. If it hits that pylon, you lose the ball. That's what I don't like about it. How about we extend the end zone? Like CFL? Yeah. That, huh, that, 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 would, that, that would make uh, – well, you know what you'd have to do? You'd have to go back and rebuild half the stadium, wouldn't you? Yeah. That, that would be the problem. I'm all in. I'm, I'm good with that too. Like, yeah, help the economy. Get, create some jobs there. Uh, anything new – well, let me uh, – Roethlisberger re-signing. It felt like he had to fall on his own sword to uh, take less to stay there. But uh, your, your thoughts when Roethlisberger announced he was coming back? General business advice for anyone out there who's ever negotiating a salary with his or her employer. Once you say, I don't care how much I get paid this year, yes. you can't take that back, Dan. And once he said that, he's not getting $19 million this year. The question is, what's he getting? And that's why it took so long. If he's getting $19 million this year, it's a half-hour negotiation to figure out how they're going to move the money around and reduce his cap number. Once he said that, he's getting squeezed. And I'm surprised he only got squeezed for $5 million. So it gives him some cap space. I, 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 just, I think they're delusional in thinking that they've got a championship team. This isn't 2005 Jerome Bettis, let's come back for one more run and go win a Super Bowl. There are some great teams in the AFC, and yeah, they were 11-0 last year. Eight of those games could have gone either way. I also wondered about Deshaun Watson, the timing of when, if you're going to trade him, when do you trade him? And I thought 
you know, I, I just have a for sale sign or, you know, like a yard sale. I just say, come on in, give me your offers like Detroit did. But I'm wondering, is he more likely to get traded closer to the draft? Does that make more sense? Uh, but I don't even know if we're there yet. But uh, what do you think about if he is traded, what the timing would be for that? Dan, I think with all these teams that are looking for quarterbacks, evaluating their options, the problem is if you wait until the draft to trade Deshaun Watson, there are teams that will have made other plans at quarterback, and then they're not at the table. And that could be a team that helps drive another team up to a higher price. You know, John McClain of the Houston Chronicle echoed something that we had said a few weeks ago. They should get the Jets and the Dolphins in a bidding war. Do it now. And, and hey, if you don't trade for him, you're going to have to deal with him twice per year and play them against each other. You know, Russell Wilson's agent very artfully got it out there, the four teams that he'd be willing to accept a trade to. At some point, the Texans need to find out where are the places Deshaun Watson would play. Let's get those teams at the table. and let, but, but first, they have to come to the conclusion that they're even going to do it. I feel like at this point, they are in the, the I don't know, anger, denial, bargaining, depression, acceptance. They're probably still in the denial phase. <laughs> and, and they just refuse. They refuse to accept the fact that this guy is never going to play for them again. And Dan, have you seen or heard anything that contradicts the prevailing notion that he's never putting that blue helmet on his head again? No, no. And I, that's why I didn't understand why they, they just didn't say, come on in, compete against each other, and hopefully we'll get an even bigger treasure trove here. The Russell Wilson, it doesn't feel like there's any real news on the Russell Wilson front. We're trying to make news. Um, you know, uh, I, I guess his agent said or somebody said, uh, this is the reason why he likes the Bears. That doesn't mean he's getting traded because he likes Matt Nagy in the offensive line here, but... Um, I haven't heard anything more internally about this situation. So did Russ accomplish what he wanted to accomplish when he came on our show? Well, well, and and let's think about the timeline. The stuff he said on your show was jarring. And I've never heard a quarterback talk that candidly about his situation. I think Tom Brady's to blame or credit for all of that, because these guys see what happened with Brady. They want to flex their muscles. That was great. But then it got quiet for a couple of weeks. So you kind of start thinking, well, maybe they've worked things out. Well, then comes the athletic article that that pulls some scabs off of the situation. Mark Rogers says what he says on the record, which was as jarring as the comments (laughs) Russell Wilson made. And now it's quiet again. Just because it's quiet doesn't mean nothing's happening. I mean, Seahawks uh, have to be considering their options. And the four teams are identified by Rogers, Raiders, Bears, Saints, Cowboys. How do you not at a minimum? get all the, the decision makers together and say, what, what would we be willing to do here? And I've said this about the Saints, Dan. When you look at the cap mess that they're in and the guys that they're going to have to part ways with, how do you not call the Seahawks and say, just tell us who you want? Because there's a chance they want some guys that you're going to cut anyway. Or maybe they want a guy that you're on the fence about so you can trade him and keep one of the guys that you're thinking about cutting. So I, I just think that that – Russell Wilson is good enough that those four teams need to at least at least explore it, even if it means calling up the Seahawks and saying, tell us what you want and we'll see if we can come close to it. Because Russ can't have his feelings hurt if you reach out to the Saints, whereas Deshaun Watson, you know, maybe that's different or some of these other teams where they reach out and you go, oh, gosh, don't let him find out that you reached out. 
Russ's people probably go, okay, like you have to do your due diligence. If I'm exactly. Seattle, I just find out. Like I, I, I just want to know if it, if it gets worse, then at least I know, Hey, you know what? The saints will give us this. Hey, you know what? The bears will give us is this, put those two, pit those two against each other. And let's see what we have here. Here's what it comes down to. And this was my takeaway after reading the item in the athletic. Russell Wilson views himself as Patrick Mahomes, and he has every right to view that. We haven't seen him in a situation where he is a Patrick Mahomes, where the offense runs through him and it's orchestrated to get the most out of his abilities. That's what he wants. If the Seahawks don't view Russell Wilson the way Russell Wilson views Russell Wilson, then trade him to a team that does. Because necessarily, whatever that team offers will reflect what they think of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks will look at it and say, well, these, these bastards are crazy. <laughs> why, why are they offering this for this guy? Let's take it, let's take it and run. Have a great weekend, Mike. Always great to talk to you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. See you, pal. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Take a break. Play of the day next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Oh my God. The play. The play is called play. Of the day. Runner left side, got it! Check this out. Here come the Bucks. No timeout. Holiday, five seconds to go. Drew fades the jumper. Good! Two seconds to go. 112, 111. Bucks Radio. Bucks Radio Network. Play of the day. The Bucks are 17 and 9 in games that Drew Holiday has played. When he's out of the lineup, they're just 5 and 5. Play of the day brought to you by M Drive. The supplement I take every day, M-Drive. Powerful ingredients backed by science help me get energized, stronger, leaner. Go to mdrivedan.com today. Get free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M-Drive. Give a shout-out to uh, the Mets pitcher, Noah Syndergaard. Sent a uh, picture that he's uh, watching the show. We appreciate that, Noah. Hope your uh, recovery is good and look forward to having you on again. We had him in the New York City Man Cave. And uh, Thor came in, had a lot of fun. Big dude, man. Bringing some cheese. Yeah, Paul. I was looking at Syndergaard's <laughs> stats, and in 2018, he had a good season. He's 13 and 4. Yeah. He led, now this is 2018, 162 game season. Noah Syndergaard led the league in complete games for a pitcher. You know, can you com- guess how many complete games he had as a pitcher? Six. Two, and that led the entire <laughs> Major League Baseball. Two in a year. Whoa, stat of the day. Stat of the day, stat of the day. You know what? What stat of the day? A historian is going to look at this era of starting pitchers like 20 years, 30 years from now and go, what What was that? Was that the soft era? Like, how many complete games did you have? It's just baseball has changed. It's Throw hard for as long as you can. That's all you got to do. Yeah, McLevin. Remember also he was in Game of Thrones right before when he came in last time. And I I have a picture of him cutting off my head that I take a lot of pride in. Um, I have a career salary game that is going to shock you. I don't know if I if I do it right now or do I wait for the top of the hour? Let's do career salary. Time to play career salary. Here's your host, Paulie. Dan, Tom Brady has played 21 years of football. He right. won like, a, I think, 17 Super Bowls. Oh. Ben Roethlisberger has played 17 years of football. Four fewer seasons. Okay. Who yeah. made more money? 21, 17, four. Okay. 
Um, well, I I know that's why I said it's a shocker. Right. Ben, but, but if I did, if you didn't have a hint, wouldn't you think that Brady would have, after four or five Super Bowls, would have got maxed out? Did I spoil that by knowing the answer? Therefore, a little bit. Okay, it's okay. Ah. It's not that good of a segment. Okay, no, it is. Ben Roethlisberger in 17 seasons has made one million dollars more than Tom Brady has in his 21 seasons. Two hundred sixty-two million for Ben Roethlisberger, and. Uh, Coming back this year. Now, is that going to be the case, though? Doesn't Tom... It's going to change quickly. Tom leapfrogs it. We had to get that stat in today. Yeah, it works today. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, Ben didn't really have a choice, I don't think, in his salary. Like, uh, I'm going to... Hey, money doesn't matter. Don't say that unless money is not going to matter to you. Yes, yeah, It'd be awesome if he went into that negotiation and was like, yeah, it's like 262 mil, but not as much after taxes, so... <laughs> I love that. They're like, they like made two hundred million dollars. Uh, half of that after taxes. Okay. Remember that was Phil okay. Mickelson when he goes, "Oh, they tax me so much. Maybe I should just quit playing golf." And I go, uh, "Then you get zero. Like that doesn't make any sense." All right, we'll talk some NBA coming up. Phone calls are welcome. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Close out first hour with Zip Recruiter. When it comes to hiring for your business, there's one solution that's been advancing its technology for years. That's Zip Recruiter. And you need to do that, certainly, with what's going on in the world the last year. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. This is what you're going to get. Post a job on Zip Recruiter. Get sent out to over 100 top job sites. And then from there, Zip Recruiter's powerful matching technology takes over, identifying people with the right skills and experience and invites them to apply for your job. Winning formula. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate the very first day. You want to step up your hiring game? Give ZipRecruiter a shot. Nothing to lose because right now, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. So what are you waiting for? Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. And remember, with ZipRecruiter, ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.